Hebrews chapter 10 and from verse 4. It is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. With burnt offerings and sin offerings, you were not pleased. Then I said, here I am. It is written about me in the scroll. I have come to do your will, my God. That's a quote from Psalm 40. First, he said, sacrifices and offerings, burnt offerings and sin offerings, you did not desire, nor were you pleased with them. Though... They were offered in accordance with the law. Then he said, here I am. I have come to do your will. He set aside the first to establish the second. And by that will, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Hallelujah. Amen. Lord, we just ask in these small moments, would something of that truth just illuminate our minds, rest in our souls, and be an anchor for the rest of our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Which microphone shall I use, guys? Yeah, Yeah, the telephone one. All right, then, the telephone one. All right, there we go. We love looking behind the scenes, don't we? That's why I think often on certain newspapers, on the front page, is a reference to a reality TV show. That's why when I watch a film, I love watching it on a DVD. You remember those old-fashioned things, yeah? You know, disc things, went in the console, yeah, near the telly somewhere, yeah? I love those because you often get another DVD with it with bonus features. Bonus features. Uh, you get a bit of behind-the-scenes view on how they got you know, the CGI to work like that, etc. To meet some of the actors and actresses, to understand a little bit more of the story. I was fascinated to note in the newspaper that a couple of weeks ago, there was a photograph of the Millennium Falcon in a field in Surrey. Yeah, I'd love to look round. I'd love to look round behind the scenes. Well, this morning, we're going to look behind the scenes. We're going to look behind the scenes, firstly, of Christmas. Or... It's a made-up word of mine. Firstly, behind the scenes of Chris Mash. Do you know Chris Mash? Chris Mash is that kind of mash-up of seasonal greetings and Merry Christmas. We love it, don't we? But it's everywhere. And sometimes we need to kind of peer through the tinsel and begin to see what is behind the scenes. Well, we did that thing last weekend where you go up in the loft and you bring the box down. Not allowed to put anything up yet. That's the rules in our house. But the very first thing that came out of our Christmas box was this. Isn't it lovely? A nice Victorian detached house with snow. We had a bit this morning, didn't we? On the windowsills, if you're up early enough. And, and, and a wreath on the door. We love that. And, and we begin to feel these things we're meant to feel, apparently, this time of year. Christmassy. Yeah, do you get that? I'm getting into it slowly. And not only that, but there's a little light underneath here. And the batteries still work from life. You see that? And it glows as a warmth, as a glow. Well, we need to look behind the scenes. 
And sure enough, as you dig deeper down in your loft box, something you'll get out which will remind you of the nativity. For me, it was this when I was growing up. This is my favourite. You might, you might want to turn the light off uh, by me if that's okay. It, it's, it's a German manufacturer. It's wooden, and it's a windmill. And you put candles in these... Th- have you got one of these? You put candles in, and you light them, of course, and the hot air blows the windmill round, and you've got these evenly spaced shepherds and wise men. They start pelting it round and round and round and round <laughs> in, in a kind of rush around the serenely static... Joseph and Mary, looking a little bit giddy, but trying to hold it together. <laughs> and you've got the baby, and you've got all, as well as all the people of the scene, you've got the props, haven't you? You've got, you've got the manger, you've got the star, you've got some myrrh in a bottle. Oh, and a windmill, but never mind. I don't know why. <laughs> but we need to, again, look behind sometimes a nativity scene to see some of the less comfortable truths of the first Christmas. The fact that there was a teenage pregnancy. Joseph wasn't the father. Jesus born into abject poverty. Jesus born in an occupied nation. Jesus born where there was a tyrannical genocidal ruler. Jesus who became a child refugee. Jesus who became an asylum seeker. We need to look behind the scene and remind ourselves this is not a comfortable scene that we look upon. But you know, we need to look even further in, behind the scenery. And as we do so, we discover something about this Jesus. We find the most scandalous claim ever. This baby is also God. Whoa. (laughs) He is God. In fact, God. Luke records this wonderful conversation between Mary and the angel. And having asked the angel, how how am I going to get pregnant? I've never slept with a man. The angel replies to her this. The Holy Spirit will come on you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. So, the Holy One born to you, will be called the Son of God. Oh, wow. Luke chapter 1. Two things about God, just to highlight to you. Firstly, God is without beginning. God is eternal. He's always been before the creation he was. Second thing about God you might need to know is God is one, but he's also three. He's three in one. God the Father. God the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit. And Mary wasn't going to have a baby in the normal way because he was to be no normal baby. She would be conceived by God. And actually, all three persons of the one God got involved. She became pregnant because the Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit, came on her. God the Father, the Most High, overshadowed her with power. And God the Son descended into her womb. There was a moment in history when God the Son, who had always existed, left the glory of heaven and limited himself into the smallest of humans. If you dare to think about it, 
It will blow your mind. No other philosophy, no other religion has anything as draw-dropping as this. That God became man. But the Bible, you know, strips back the scenery even further than that. The passage I read at the beginning from Hebrews gives us a sneak peek into heaven just before God the Son, the one we know as Jesus, decided to go through with the plan and humbled himself. We get to overhear something of the conversation between the members of the Godhead. This is more revealing than the Panama Papers. It is. It provides us with the why behind the what of Christmas. If you like, it's giving us an insight into the divinity behind the nativity. You'll guess the next, the next one. It's going to give us the real reason for this festive season. It's going to give us that. We need to look behind. Verse 5 tells us, Jesus said something just before he was unable to say anything. Because he was in his mum's tongue. Because he had months before, like you and I, he could form human words. The gurgling and the cooing came first. So what did he say? Therefore, when Christ came into the world, it says in Hebrews 5, he said, what did he say? What was he going to say at that moment? Well, in fact, God had already provided the transcript of his pre-Christmas speech hundreds of years before and in advance. Through the pen and the tongue of David. David, a successful king and a popular songwriter, And in the middle of one of his songs, we now know it as Psalm 40, he gives us some insight, says the writer to Hebrews, about what was going on. You see, in Psalm 40, David, he he, he started with a verse looking back on his life, praising God that God rescued him and saved him. He was just full of a new song of his salvation. And then he, he had another verse where he was looking, he was looking upward to God. Thank God, you're amazing. God, look at all your works you've done. And he was endorsing God and saying, encouraging everyone, look, come. Come and follow him. Look at him. Worship him and you will be blessed. And then we get this third verse right in the heart of the psalm, which, which is quite mysterious. It's enigmatic. Is it about David? Is it about somebody else? Is it about both? What is going on here? It seems so different to the other verses in his song. This is how it goes. I I don't know the tune, of course. Uh, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but my ears you have opened. Burn offerings and sin offerings you did not require. Then I said, here I am. I have come. It is written about me in the scroll, if you like, in the law, in, in the Old Testament. I desire to do your will, my God. Your law is within my heart. You see, Jesus decided to come Because humanity had a problem. And he realized that only he could solve it. If he would listen and obey his Father in heaven. And if he would come into the body that was prepared. Now for the most alert of you, you would have noticed in the Psalm 40 version, in the the Hebrews version, there was a slight difference. It was in the second line. In the Psalm it said, But my ears you have opened. But in Hebrews, it said, a body you prepared for me. 
the writer of Hebrews is actually using a, a, one of the Greek translations, which has got a little variant here on that verse in the way it's translated. And it's that one that he's chosen to pick up, based on the Hebrew original, of course. But it makes it all the more intriguing. And we can see how both are true in Jesus. Jesus did have an open ear to his father. He was willing to obey the plan of God. And he was also prepared to take on this body, this body that we know of Jesus. See, what is the problem with the world? Have you ever asked that question? I think we all know there's a problem. What, what, what is the problem? I believe God would say it isn't that there are a few bad apples. That's quite an attractive theory though, isn't it? He doesn't say that. No, he says the problem is all of you, humanity, are rotten to the core. He would say the problem with humanity is not that primarily there's a lack of love and power in the world. But we like that theory. We just need more love, man. A bit more peace. Love and peace, not power. A bit more peace, man, in the world. If we all, if we all just contribute a little bit more to that, it will be a better place. No, no, he goes deeper than that. He said, no, the problem with humanity is a lack of holiness. Holiness? Holiness. God is holy, humanity is not. God is holy. That's why the angel described the baby Jesus as the holy one. That's why God, the third member of the Trinity, is God the Holy Spirit. See, God is unapproachable to us. Humans are unholy. We are unacceptable. We are unfit for him. God prescribed a way for humanity to relate to him. It involved this whole system of sacrifices, blood of bulls, blood of goats, burnt offerings, sin offerings. And Jesus looked at all of it and he declared that even though God had set it all up in the first place, God didn't like it. He wasn't pleased by it. He didn't want it. Yes, it provided a regular reminder of their sin, but it was only ever a temporary fix, a holding pattern, a prophetic prelude pointing forward to the ultimate provision, to the permanent solution of God the Son becoming a baby boy. Bluntly, verse 4 says, it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sin. Dead animals, expensive gifts, however much we've put in our offering, it's unable to make us humans holy. Any other attempt we might make has the same conclusion. Whether it's New Year's resolutions, whether it's trying harder, whether it's being nicer, whether it's sharing more, whether it's giving money away, whether it's helping the poor, whether it's following a religion. Jesus knew the only genuine solution was for him to become the perfect human sacrifice for us. You see, behind the curtain, behind the scene of Christmas, is a decision by the beginningless universe creator, life sustainer himself, willing to listen, willing to obey God the Father and his plan by taking on this small, fragile, finite human body prepared for him. The father asked and the son replied, yes, I will. And he came to fulfill Psalm 40. 
and all the other prototypes and promises of the Old Testament. Jesus' last cry before the curtain of Christmas lifted continued to echo around heaven. Here I am. I have come to do your will. Hallelujah. There's one more scene just to look behind before we uh, go to the baptisms. In a little while, we're going to go to the other hall. You'll find your way. Follow us. And four lovely people, as you've heard from, are each going to be submerged in the water and be lifted out again. This is how the passage in Hebrews ends. And by that will, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. You see, behind the scene of each of these baptisms is a person who has put their faith in Jesus. In their hearts, they believe that Jesus came and died as a sacrifice once and for all for them and for their sin and rose again. And each of them in their heart, and you've got a a window in on that today through their testimonies, have declared now that Jesus Christ is their Lord, the one they follow, the one they now choose willingly to obey. Therefore, thank God for Christmas. Thank God. God is now approachable to them, to the four of them. They are now fit. They are now made acceptable to come to God, to meet with him, and to be with him forever. You know, there are only two types of people in the world, the unholy and the holy, sinners and saints. And we all start as the former, and those who place their trust in and pledge their allegiance to Jesus become the latter. That's why we're marking this day. That's why it's a celebration for us, for them, and for their families. I encourage you, continue to look behind the curtain, behind the scenes of Christmas. Come to our carol service. You heard about it next week here, 5 o'clock. It'll be dark, but it'll be fun. You'll hear the full Christmas story. And why not come to this Alpha course? We're starting it again at the Gurkha Kitchen. You heard about it earlier as well. It's on the cards on your chair. On the 25th of January, where you can explore faith and life and meaning. Wonderful. Thank you.